everybody, welcome back to the third episode of the Senators Roundtable. Uh, today I'm joined with my usual co-host, Dayton Reimer and Paul Quinney. Uh, first things first, Paul, we missed you last week. We had Brent Wallace on in your spot. Um, I'm sure Dayton is happy to have you back. He got yelled at quite a few times, but <laughs> it was all in good fun. Um, Paul, yeah, you, went on, you went on quite a trip. You want to kind of tell us about that for a minute? Oh, yeah. I went on a bike and barge tour of the Danube uh, with my wife. So I I, uh, I won major brownie points with Marie's, my wife, for taking her to Europe. Uh, but I couldn't let hockey go. Uh, part of the trip, we ended up in Slovakia and Bratislava. So we were doing a tour. And I said to the tour guide, does this tour include a uh, visit to Zdeno Chera's house or maybe Marian Osa? Uh, God didn't know who the heck they were. So <laughs> hockey needs more uh, visibility in Slovakia. I think he thought they were uh, ancient Slovak kings or something. But he, <laughs> he got it across to me. No, no, Hosa and, and Chera, not, not on the tour. But uh, yeah, it was great. But good to be back here in the great white north. Good stuff. Um, Dayton, how have you been the last week? Oh, not bad. Uh, definitely wasn't in Europe. Paul, was that your first time in Europe? Uh, no, no. I've been there many times from uh, my career in the business world. So, uh, But the first time in Slovakia, lovely nice. place. Yeah, I, uh, briefly there. In, uh, was it Bratislava? I can't remember right now. Yeah. Um, but I was there during my honeymoon, which was a few That's years ago now. Good. Yeah. yeah. Um, so, yeah. First things first, we're going to get into the uh, – the ownership of the Ottawa Senators. So obviously since our last episode, the sale has officially closed. Um, there's been a lot of news that come out. Cyril Leader is the new CEO and president. Um, a couple other changes in the organization. We haven't heard about Daniel Alfredson yet, which I assume is coming. Um, same with Steve Steos. But on TSN 1200, Michael Andlauer went on the radio and was asked a couple questions. And one of them was about uh, DJ Smith and what, what he said to Pierre Dorian about that. So basically what Ann Lauer told Dorian is that DJ Smith is your guy. I'm going to hold you accountable to that. Um, so kind of what do you think about that? It's nice to have an owner that is hands-on but knows his boundaries. Um, Paul, we'll start with you. Well, you know, I spent, uh, you know, three decades in the corporate world in sales and business development, and that's uh, sales is a full contact sport. So I've, I've, I've heard that speech before. Yeah. uh from ceos and uh i i guess on the surface it shows he's a real pro how to get the best out of a, out of his organization i mean essentially what he's saying is to dorian is look i'm going to give you the freedom to do your yeah. job i'm going to give you the tools to do your job and all the support and encouragement that you need but god help you if you don't produce the results Fair enough. That's the way the uh, the corporate world works. I'd expect uh, that from a guy like Landauer, given uh, Andlauer, given his uh, his background in business. Um, so I think that bodes well for the senators if that's his approach. I mean, I can remember. I'm old enough to remember uh, several NHL owners who got involved in their franchise with disastrous results. Uh, the classic case is uh, Harold Ballard, uh, mm -hmm. you know, who ran the lease from what, or majority owner from 72 to 90. Uh, you don't want a, an owner, an eccentric owner like uh, uh, Ballard getting involved in the business side. 
but that said, I can't help but believe that um, Andlauer is going to want his own boys in place. Now, whether they take Dorian out or not, I don't know. But, um, yeah, it's, uh, I, I, I think, you know, if that's his approach, it, it bodes well for the organization. Yeah, and we heard from Brent last week, and he said that Ann Lauer does want to bring in Steve Steos and Peter Shirelli, yeah. um, put them either replacing Dorian or above him. Um, so, obviously, things seem like it's comfortable with Dorian as general manager, but like like you said, Ann Lauer wants his guys in there um, helping make the decisions, but he knows that it's not his job to make the decisions. So, right. it, either from that quote on the radio or anything else that he said, is there any takeaways from I guess the past few days about Ann Lauer. Well, I definitely don't have the same experience in business, but I did come to the same conclusion as Paul that, yeah, that, like it's great to have a, an owner who is sort of that hands off, like this is your guy. Yeah. He, he represents you. I'll give you the tools to do it. But in the end, if he doesn't perform, that means you're not performing. And that's more so what I heard with that was it's it's a little foreboding. Like you don't have an everlasting leash. Nope. No, like this might be one mistake you're done type of thing. Yeah. Because he does have so many of those guys on on his uh I don't know, his his card, I guess. Steos is supposed to be coming in, um, Trelli. I, I don't I, I don't love Torelli. I'm originally from Alberta. I saw a lot of what Torelli <laughs> did. Yeah. Um, it's not great. Yeah. So if that's the replacement, I don't like that. If it's Steos, then great. Um, but yeah, someone's going to replace him, I think, if especially if the season doesn't go well. And according to Wally last week, might be way sooner than that. Yeah. Yeah. yeah and so... Go ahead, Paul. No, I, I mean you're you, you're going to have to manage a potential conflict if Steos comes in above Dorian. You're going to have to manage a potential conflict there. I've yeah. seen that before. Um, how long Dorian lasts, uh, to a large extent, in my view, will depend on whether Ann Lauer believes in um, the blueprint, if you will or the process that Dorian has put in place to produce a championship team. If he buys into that, if he believes in that, uh, then I think Dorian, you know, will have some runway, but, um, you know, Hey, look, organizations, companies, they're populated by human beings. And so, you know, that that entire range of dynamic, the good and the bad, is, is going to come into play here. So it'll yeah. be a time of change. And, and this isn't Ann Lauer's first kick at the can owning a team. No. Um, he's had a lot of success with the Bulldogs and the OHL. He was part owner of the Montreal Canadiens for quite a while. Um, so, like, it's not like he's brand new with this. He knows what he's doing. Um, he's not just some rich investor that is just coming to just to play on the business side. He wants a Stanley Cup. Uh, he, 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 he bleeds hockey. So I'm really excited to see what he does. And I trust, I trust the process right now. I have no reason to kind of be hesitant about any of the decisions that I think are coming. Um, 
you know, of, of all the potential owners of the franchise, I mean, I, I looked at some of the owners. They had, uh, who was it, Snoop Dogg yeah. and some dude from L.A. and Arlene Dickinson from, uh, I mean, I, I saw that movie with, I didn't, don't know if you remember the Toronto Argonauts when John Candy and um, and crew you know, basically bought the Argonauts and it was a plaything for, for them for a while. And then when they lost interest, they moved on, but they left a mess behind. So I think of all the potential owners, you know, as much as we all love Snoop Dogg, um, you know, glad he didn't get the franchise. Glad it was, <laughs> you know, and Laura is probably the best choice. I don't know. I thought that would have been really fun. Yeah. <laughs> I think it just would have been really helpful for the atmosphere. Yeah. But like, it sounded like he, he wanted to bring in the right guys, but yeah. is is that the right person at the head? Yeah, no, I, I think I'm with you on that. Yeah, having Ann Lauer, the hockey guy, is yeah. beneficial. It's sure it would have been really cool to have Snoop Dogg or Ryan Reynolds running the running the way, but it's whatever. And it doesn't seem like that the Senators are going to have any time, any hard time marketing this year. Like things already look good. They had 16,000 at a preseason game. So. Great stuff to see. Um, speaking of the preseason, we've already had two games under our belt. Ottawa is clearly the best team in Ontario this year. Oh, um, no question. <laughs> um, but so, like, we saw some of the top guys play. We uh, we saw Stutzel dominate. We saw Chikrin Tom dominate. Um, just some fantastic play from them. But what about some of the younger guys? Anybody stick out to you, Dayton? Yeah, so I picked uh, one established guy and one younger guy who stuck out to me each game. First game, Jake Sanderson. Like, that's that's a top two defender right now. 27 minutes, two assists. The, that's exactly what you need. Someone who can take minutes away from Shabbat and not feel like you're losing anything. And certainly not with uh, Sanderson. Um, and then Yuri Schmeichel. Or, yeah, I think I said that right. I always question myself with that name. <laughs> I, need, I need to do uh, need to listen to that one again. But yeah, he had two shots, two blocks, and assist. Like that's a pretty solid depth player on a on an established team. That is somebody who could come in and play pretty decent minutes or even limited minutes and and make an impact. Uh, game two, uh, like you said, Chikrin, perfect. That's that's what we need to see from. A top defender especially someone they paid that much to get and it basically confirmed i think that shabbat should never touch 30 minutes again that if chikrin can play nearly 30 minutes get two goals and five blocks in a preseason game shabbat should be nowhere near that give him a break and of course he played 31 minutes that game <laughs> why don't stop uh young guy roby yarventy or yeah yeah yarventy uh, got a goal, three shots, two hits. That's another really solid depth performer, and I think he's going to really come into his own this year. That's that's a kid who's going to get some call-ups, and I think he's got a lot to show. So uh, before I move on to you, Paul, I'm actually going to – you can give your answer still, but I'm going to add another question in there for you. What mm -hmm. is your takeaway from Thomas Shabbat and Chikrin playing almost 30 minutes? Well – I mean, one guy's making eight million, and the other guy's making four million. And you know, the guy making four million um, made his mark. He got two goals. One was the overtime winner. And frankly, and this is a something I've raised before with Shabbat. 
Uh, he's got to step up. He's got to live up to his expectations. I haven't seen it in these two preseason games. Although, you know, that said, uh, preseason games are absolutely meaningless. I wouldn't read anything into them. But for for the sake of, you know, tonight's podcast, uh, well, let's do that. It's it's uh, it's fun. But, uh, man. So do you read too deep into So a big outcry on Twitter has been that um, DJ Smith hasn't learned anything. None of this is going on. He should not be playing anywhere close to 30 minutes, especially in a meaningless preseason game. Give some of the young guys a chance. Like, where do you sit with that? Yeah, I mean, fair enough. Uh, I don't know. Well, that's why preseason games are so meaningless, right? Is yeah. because the coaches are giving some of the young guns the prospects. They may not have a chance of actually making a team, but they want to see what they're made of. Yeah. So, you know, why they're playing the big guns to that extent. Yeah, fair question. Okay. Uh, yeah, love to ask DJ that. But. <laughs> uh, Dayton, what do you think about that, Him them playing 30 minutes? You know what? I'm actually okay with it. It's like like Paul said, it's a meaningless uh, preseason game. Let's see if they can find their mojo a little bit. If that takes them 30 minutes, sure. They're not playing at 100%. I don't think anyone is like, well, maybe the young guys are, but yeah. there's no reason to play 100% in preseason because none of it matters. So sure, play 30 minutes. Um, if they're doing that in the regular season, then yeah, this is a failed experiment. <laughs> Switch everybody. Yeah. <laughs> that, and that was my takeaway too, is this is their first game together. They're expected to be the top pair um, through the regular season. Um, and it's really important because Shabbat was playing on the right side. One thing that I noticed is that DJ Smith was kind of toying with that pair, um, starting on different sides, depending on where the faceoff is, depending on the situation. If it was an offensive draw, Chikrin was right in the middle um, on his offhand. So um, if it was on the left side, he would be in the middle um, of the zone. And again, if it was on the right side, then he would be on the left-hand side. Um, but he was always in the the offensive shot opportunity. And I just I think it was really valuable to see that 30 minutes of just figuring out what you can do with them, um, what works best. And because they didn't even get the chance to play together very much last year. So I do think that it's valuable to kind of see what they are together so what you're saying then uh jacob is you know he he wants to see these two guys up close under the microscope yeah. in some semblance of of a real game uh experience exactly so are are you thinking then he's not sold on that pairing that there there could be another pairing that's a really good follow-up actually um i I don't think that he's thinking that i think it's more so just like how well can we make this work not uh is this going to work? So that's that would be my thoughts on that. Okay. Um, so over the past few weeks, Shane Pinto rumors have not settled down whatsoever. Um, some news is saying uh, and reporting that Shane Pinto's camp is asking for more money now than he was before. Um, how much truth is there to that? I don't know. I really hope that it does not kind of turn ugly and impact the relationship between the player and team. Um Matthew Joseph is still being talked about in trade rumors. Now, the re latest report was that the Flyers want Matthew Joseph and Tyler Boucher to clear that cap. Matthew Joseph looked really good yesterday in the preseason yeah, game. It was a preseason game. Take that as you will. 
Um, Toronto did have some of their top guys in there. What are your thoughts on the situation? Like, where are we at right now, Dayton? Um, if Boucher is what it takes to get the cap space to move Joseph, I would do that in a heartbeat. Okay. Gone. Um, great kid. He seems like he's a hard worker, um, talented player, but let's be frank. Let's be honest. That pick was a bad pick. Maybe one of the worst picks the senators have ever done in the first round. I'm incredibly harsh on it, right? It, it was the wrong message. It was the wrong plan. And now Dorian's clearly trying to save face by, oh, no, we can't trade Boucher. He might become something. He might become the 10th overall guy we pick. He's not. He never was going to be. So you now have an out. Take it. Pinto, like, think about it. Like, if if you lose Boucher, sure. Yeah, that sucks a little. But he has to pass uh, Greg. He has to pass, pass a Stapchuk. He has to pass even Yarventy. Yeah. That's not happening anytime soon. Um, yeah, but like he's a talented prospect. Losing him would suck. Losing Joseph would suck after that first game. He's, you know, he's trying to prove that he can be an NHL player again. Good on him. What would it be like if you lost Pinto? That sucks. That's a, a thing that would set back your team for at least a year. Yeah. So if you weigh the two sides, yeah, cut him. Like maybe get a second round pick back. I don't care. You get the cap space. You sign Pinto. Mm -hmm. That's basically your trade. Yeah. Paul, what do you think? Well, I mean, uh, you know, the only reason to get rid of Joseph, of course, is to make room to uh, sign Pinto, right? That's what you're yeah. doing. And the view now is that, uh, well, I don't want to put too fine a point on it, but you couldn't give Pinto, uh, you couldn't give um joseph away right you'd have to you'd have to bring in some sort of sweetener boucher i i agree with dayton i i was never sold on him i mean if you look at his injury uh history um you know they've been horrendous um so would i go if i were the coach or, or uh, dorian would i go for that well I'll just state the obvious i guess it, i suppose it depends on what the flyers are offering um, the only thing the senators can take are picks and prospects, of course, right? Uh, they're, they're tapped out on, on cap space. So would Philadelphia give up a first round, uh, pick for Joseph and Boucher? Um, doubt it. Philadelphia is not given anything harder than a fifth round pick in this situation. They, no. Ottawa has no leverage. It's going to be, no. it's going to be nothing coming back. Uh, so, you know, and, and, yeah, and you know, Philly's rebuilding, so yeah. you know, they're not gonna give away uh high draft picks. No. So is there a basis of the deal here? Um, I guess the other side of the coin is it it depends on whether Pino wants to stay in Ottawa. Yeah. And if he does, you know, how much does he want? Because you know, I would view I don't think he's worth more than 2 million, 2.5 million at the top end. Uh, so if Pinto, if the Pinto camp wants more than that, given that I don't think Philadelphia is, there's any likes to a deal with Philadelphia, um, you know, maybe assign him and trade him. 
you know, if he doesn't want to stay in town or, or is asking crazy money, and that seems to be the suggestion lately. Um, but you got to do that, what, opening night's October 11th. So in the next week or so, you've got to become cap compliant. And so something has to come together here fairly fast. Yeah. So I, all the reports that I've been seeing and people that I've been talking to say that Pinto wants to stay. Um, I believe the number even raised is under $3 million. I think that he's worth it. If you could get him in that Matthew Joseph contract and just kind of somehow move it from Joseph on your cap book to Pinto, sure, absolutely. I don't think Pinto signs that long for that low, um, but you never know. I do think that it's going to be a tough situation. I'm higher on Tyler Boucher than many. Um, mm. I do think that, I mean, a ceiling of a strong physical mid middle six player that's like, I don't think he's going to become a 90-point guy or anything like that, but just like a 40-point a third-line checking winger, very valuable, absolutely. It's just a matter of where do you put your value on getting Pinto in the lineup right now, and it should be at an all-time high with the expectations on the team this year. So, yeah, I'm right there with you. It all depends on a bajillion things. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, you know, one thing with Pinto, though, in negotiations, this will go right to the last minute. You know, both sides are going to be trying to get everything they can out of this, and they're going to be playing chicken and gnashing teeth and, you know, staring each other down. Uh, you know, what to check? When did he When did he sign? Uh, well, it was, you know. Three was days like after the, uh, the um, season opener, I think, wasn't it? It was the first game at the Canadian Tire Center of the regular season because he came out onto the balcony and presented himself, and it was a whole. So ordeal. what was that? Three minutes into the game or something? I don't know. Yeah, something like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you know, there'll be a lots of drama, lots of drama. Yeah, lots of things to write about if you're a hockey writer. <laughs> <laughs> um. Yeah. Absolutely. So. Before we move into maybe even a bigger story this week, uh, here's a message from the hockey writers. Interested in writing for the Hockey Raiders? If you have experience writing about hockey, are passionate about the sport, and are looking to take your writing to the next level, the Hockey Raiders could be the place for you. Here at THW, you will have the opportunity to hone your craft at one of the world's largest and most respected hockey publishers. You will have control over what you write, be able to seek out media credentials, and be supported by a large network of writers and editors. Plus, you'll get paid for doing it. If you're interested and want to know more about team openings and requirements, please visit the Write for THW page on the Hockey Raiders website. A link to that page is also listed in in the description all right welcome back everybody uh so speaking of one of the bigger stories of the week is josh norris um obviously he had a surgery in january that's eight months ago now um he started the season started training camp in a non-contact jersey he did not play in the first two games where all of the top players have played so far it, i i don't want to say that it's going to be a super long-term issue reports right now or that he just tweaked it. I've been told that he's fine. It's just a tweak and he'll be fine. It's not really related to the injury. It's more of a precaution, but it's definitely still a red flag that he hasn't played since January and he's still in a non-contact sweater. So how concerned are you right now, Paul? Well, I'm not concerned at all. I mean, I'm a hockey writer, right? I've got no dog in this fight, uh, but um you know, if, if I were a Senators fan or part of Senators management, yeah, I'd, I'd, I'd be concerned. Um, what the heck is going on? Uh, he's, 
what he's been out a year with the injury, right? Yeah, and, it was November that he went out. Yeah. So, you know, I'm I'd be really surprised that he's still in the no contact jersey. Uh one of the things that would concern me if I were on the uh, you know, sense management is is if he's not back in the lineup on opening night or can't get back there for the first part of the season, then what is the impact that on that on the lineup? Uh, what adjustments have to be made? Uh, who centers that second line? Uh, it could mean an, an awkward start to the season, and Lord knows the Sens can't afford another awkward start to the season. So, um, yeah, I mean, he's, he's young, right? He's going to recover from this thing. But uh, when and, and how are they going to manage it would be, would be my concern. Yeah, I, I published a piece a couple of days ago about the importance and how the success of the season hinges on having those top three centers on the lineup. Yeah, there's a chance that we start the season with only one of them being Kim Stutzel. It's it can be it can turn into a messy situation really fast. And if you're Shane Pinto's camp, you're using this against the team. You need me in the lineup if Josh Norris is not healthy. You need me. Give me three and a half million. Why not? Ooh. That's yeah. I mean, obviously you're gonna highball it, but why wouldn't his camp be saying that? Dayton, where are you sitting at with Josh Norris right now? I, I don't think it's a problem. I think it's all precaution. Why why waste your energy to get injured again in preseason and then miss several months? There's yeah, it, you don't want you want him to start the season. So maybe they're being a little extra cautious. I remember reading a piece about when he first came out on that non-contact jersey and he did not want to wear it. He's like I feel fine. Yeah. Like let me play and uh, management was like no, we're going to we're going to play it safe. So I think that's all they're doing. He might not get a single preseason game. That's fine. It's they're just trying to make sure that they do have those three centers. Yeah. And I think Pinto's signs before the season, like, yeah, he I would totally use this as leverage as well. But that's yeah. about all Pinto has. Yeah. And really, he's asking for three five. If like I know you just made that up, but yeah, if he's asking three five, sure, why not? Couple of years, three point five million. Yeah, that's. I think that's more than fair yeah. for making a playoff team. It's maybe a little overvalued for him, but yeah. Well, and if that's if it comes with term, sorry. If it comes with term, like three point yeah. five is good. If you're signing him four or five years for at three point five, that's true. Money in the bank. If it's one year, I don't want to see it over like two point eight, but. Um, even and even that might be on the high side, but no, that's fair. I'm all for players getting as much money as they can. Uh, I think that every player in the NHL is underpaid. It's yeah, I, but also at the same time, look what Tim Stutzel said the other day. You need um, I don't know if either of you saw this, but you need players on your team need to take less. He took some shots at the Toronto Maple Leafs and said that <laughs> you can't have great. you can't have success with all these like ten, eleven, twelve million dollar players. Um, I know that I could have gotten more, which could he have gotten more? I don't know if I don't like he said 10 million. I don't know if that was on the table at that point. Certainly would be now, but when he signed that, I don't know. Um, but yeah, for the Leafs, it would be. <laughs> I'll take shots one. too. Let's go. <laughs> um, but yeah, so 
there's just there's so many moving parts right now. It's it's hard to keep track of what's going on. And he was taking like a lot of faceoffs in preseason. He was taking a little bit of contact along the boards. So, like you said, Dayton, I don't know how much room there really is for concern if you really put it under a microscope. But the fact that he's not playing in the preseason yet is where I get a little worrisome about it for the Senators. But anything can happen. If he misses like the first couple of games of the season, that's a time for concern for yeah. sure. But yeah. we talked before the preseason is meaningless. Do you guys remember the name Ty Ratty? Yep. <laughs> that's that's one of my favorite little things to toss out. He led the scoring in the preseason one year, yeah, and then was like barely a roster player with the Oilers, yeah, uh, when the season and that, started. And that was like, I think that was the beginning of the 2018-19 season. Something like that. And nobody's like hurt from him since. It was hilarious. Like preseason means nothing. No. Yep. Um, yeah. But so, are you guys really giving uh are you are you giving um Pinto 3.5 million? If yeah. it's if it comes with term, that's really? yeah. Okay. If it if it's one or two years under three for sure. But um yeah, if it's got like four or five years on it, three and a half, perfectly fine. Do you think he'd take it though? I mean, one view is that uh, go short term at two and a half million, demonstrate your worth. Yeah. And then you've got leverage on the senators saying, hey, Annie up here with more salary, or I'm out of here. Yeah. And I think there's a non zero chance that he could even, like, in three years' time, be challenging Josh Norris for that second line center. Like, I'm a huge believer in Pinto. I think he's fantastic. Um, I think Josh Norris is too, but. I think Pinto can definitely get up there, um, depending on who you value more, um, just their play style. I think he could challenge for a top six spot and just kind of have a, a really strong top nine and balanced. If you put um, Matthew, because everybody's got Matthew going out of town, but I mean, if you put him on uh, waivers, that should clear some. You'll get nothing, of course. He'd probably get picked up, but uh, I don't know. Would Yeah, if you so, he he'll he would clear waivers at this point just because the leverage that Ottawa doesn't have. Um but that would clear up one point one five million this year. Um that would give the senators, depending on how many players they run with on their roster, if they run with like twenty one or twenty two guys, it would give them about two point one that they could fit them under. Sure. Um, all right, so we're gonna move on to our over under rapid fire that we finish every episode with. Um, so yeah, just over under a certain amount of games or goals or some sort of stat and a quick sentence of why you think so. So first one I'm going to go with is over or under 15 games for Igor Sokolov. Now he's looked pretty good in the preseason so far. He's doing a lot of the right things. He spent the whole summer in Ottawa kind of really pushing for a spot. Um, Paul over under 15 games. Over. Because uh, I think his skating has really improved, and that was a knock on him. Can't skate. Well, I think based on what I saw in the last two games or last night, yeah, he can skate. Cool. Dayton? Uh, I'm going to still go under. Uh, I don't know why I said still. <laughs> um, I was having a conversation with myself, apparently. Um, yeah, no, I think he's his skating has improved. He is a great depth player. I just don't see him passing over too many other guys that are ahead of him who will get more call-ups. Fair enough. And I, I, yeah, I'm right there with you. I'm going to go with the under just because 
There's so many guys, and I would love to see him in the lineup. I'm a huge Igor fan, but there's just so many guys that the odds of him being the one to play those, that many games is pretty low. I would love to see it be over, though. Uh, over under 25 games played for Jacob Bernard Docker. So there's a few players in the lineup ahead of him for the depth chart on defense. He requires waivers to go down this year. So he is going to be on the NHL lineup. I don't imagine Ottawa is willing to put him on waivers. They would absolutely trade him for anything before that. But what do you think, Paul? Over for all those reasons you put out there, you know, because if you have, if it's not, they, you know, you can't put him on waivers. He's gone. Yeah. Dayton. Yeah. I'll go over as well. Um, they've been jerking him around for, for years. Yeah. He deserved to play 25 games at least last year. I don't, did he get it? I think he was right around it. I don't know if he hit 25 or not. Yeah. Yeah. Right around that number. He was one of their better defensive guys. I kind of like him better than Hamannick, uh, but that's never going to happen. I think yeah. he gets at least like 30, 35. Yeah. I think him and Hamannick are pretty interchangeable at this point. Obviously, they're going to lean towards Hamannick just because he's the veteran, um, but either one of them are going to kind of do the same thing in that role. Um, over under 41 and a half games for Chikrin and Shabbat together. So do you think they're going to play half the season? Do you think they're going to get split up? Jake Sanderson might be able to move to the right side. What do you think, Dayton? Let's go over, because I'm an optimist. <laughs> that's, Paul? that's about all I got. <laughs> Paul? Under. I, I just think reality is going to set, set in. There's going to be injuries. There's going to be guys moving up and down, and and uh, just life's going to intervene. It, you know, it's just not going to be predictable. So yeah. I think you could see some change up there. Yeah, fair enough. I, I do think that they're going to hit the over as long as they're healthy. If they're going to stay healthy is a whole different question. Um, yeah. yeah. Over under 55.5 games played for Josh Norris. Paul? Um, over. Um, if you go back to 2021-22, I think he got all 82 games in. And so you're really asking, is he going to stay healthy? Yeah. Well, you guys are telling me not to worry about his his non-contact jersey. So I take you at your word. He's good. He's good (laughs) to go. Fair enough, Dayton. I'd love to be contradictory here, but then I'd also contradict what I said earlier. (laughs) Uh, So I'm going to go with the over. I think he's fine. Yeah. Um, I, I don't like the ones the games played over under four players that are regular NHL NHLers because then you're just predicting if they're going to get hurt or not, which is impossible to do with the prospects and the up and comers. It's more so like, are they going to earn the spot or not? But yeah, I'm going to hit the over for Norris as well. I hope he stays healthy all year. Um, Anything else anybody wanted to add real quick before we close the show? No, all good. Um, So thank you everybody for tuning into the, this episode of the senators round table. Um, don't forget to like and subscribe. Check out our content on thehockeywriters.com. Uh, next week, we're hoping to have another special guest. Thanks for watching. <laughs>